welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Dr. Angela McCarthy is an adjunct senior lecturer in theology at the University of Notre Dame, Australia, and a member of the Plenary Council of the Catholic Church in Australia. She's been a teacher all her adult life and has worked in parishes in liturgy and music. Her academic career was primarily in teaching theology with a specialty in scripture, art and theology. Angela is married to John, has four children and 14 grandchildren. God has been revealing God's self to humankind since we began as sentient beings. Every culture has some way of understanding the transcendent and putting meaning into the big questions of life. Where do we come from? Why do we die? Why is there suffering in the world? How did the earth come into being? In the Christian tradition, much of what we understand about God comes from our sacred scripture, and we can continue to explore it all throughout our lives and still feel in a state of unknowing. Many a wise person has spoken about the conundrum. The more we learn, the more there seems yet to know. That is particularly my experience. Many scholars have dedicated time to the understanding of how God is revealed to us, and we have very strong traditions of learning and teaching that have provided ideas to help our knowledge. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, It's evident that there's a growing understanding of the nature of God. From the view in Exodus, where we see a vengeful and destructive God who destroyed the whole Egyptian army, contrasted with the image presented by Jesus in the New Testament, the Christian Bible, that God is like a mother hen protecting her chicks under her wings. In the Hebrew Bible, there's also a development of understanding about how many gods there are, as it was not until the 6th century BCE that the Israelites became convinced that there was only one God. There was no question of the existence of divine beings, that was a given, but the Israelites began to understand that there is only one Yahweh. There is only one God that bears this name, and the covenantal nature of that relationship of the Israelites to Yahweh is not echoed in any other Semitic culture. Today is the Feast of the Transfiguration, which does not fall on a Sunday very often, so here's our chance to unpack it. In the account from Matthew's Gospel designated for today, Peter, James and John are given a peak preview of the divinity of Jesus. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. We've seen some other events that have been truly revelatory moments. In Matthew's account of the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan by John, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice spoke from heaven, This is my Son, the Beloved. My favour rests on him. Here, God announces that Jesus is pleasing and favoured, but in the scene of the transfiguration, God says more. There is a divine demand that we listen to him. Jesus has been declared as the one who will teach us about God as no other person can. 
In the second reading for today's feast, taken from the second letter of Peter, Peter recalls his experience of when Jesus was glorified and God said, this is my son, the beloved. He enjoys my favor. Through Jesus in his glorified state, God is fully revealed and the authority of God is given to Jesus. Peter also tells us that his confirmation of the truth of this prophecy will be a lamp lighting a way through the dark until the dawn comes and the morning star rises in your minds. This can be a lamp to us as we gradually receive the revelation of God's nature throughout our lives. It is good to hold on to scriptural accounts that lead us to understand how God is being revealed to us. Matthew's account describes the wonderful scene. Peter wants this experience to remain anchored to the earth rather than the heavens and wants to build three tents. You will recall that the tablets of the law given to Moses by God were kept in a tent. The presence of God with them as they traveled for 40 years through the desert. Moses and Elijah had also experienced God on the sacred mountain, and so it's fitting that they were there when the glory of Jesus is revealed. Elijah heard God talking not through the wind, the earthquake, or the fire, but through the silence, and so he learnt about the nature of God, intimately heard the voice of God. Moses saw the face of God on the holy mountain and survived and was given the law. He was changed forever. When the revelation is over, Jesus gets Peter, James, and John to their feet and tells them not to be afraid. Afraid of what? Knowing who God is? Knowing that Jesus has all authority from God? Perhaps Jesus is alluding to the final glorious revelation in the resurrection. But before then, Jesus must die. This is the hard reality. For us as individuals, revelation takes our whole lifetime and then God is fully revealed once we are born into eternal life. How we receive God's revelation during our lives is the critical point. In our lives, God is revealed through many different ways. A student once told me that his most profound experience of God would, when he was surfing on a good wave and he was totally synchronized with creation. The energy and the oneness he felt spoke to him of God. We can see God revealed in the committed love of a man and a woman when joined in sexual union. This is an act of love where God is encountered, where the total giving of self to the other gives us a glimpse of the power of God's presence and the ecstasy it brings. In this action, they can willingly enter into the capacity to create a human being and therefore enter into the life of God, the creator. For some, it will be understood as a sacramental experience, the giving of the sacrament to each other in this and many other ways throughout their lives together. So many speak of the miracle of childbirth, the beauty of beholding the baby and welcoming it in love into the oneness of family, the extraordinary love that emanates from parents towards their tiny babe, so vulnerable, so fragile. This too gives us a glimpse into the love of God. If a human person can love so much, how much more does God, who is beyond our understanding, love us? Beauty, both natural and of human creation, draws us to God. It moves us and reveals something of God to us. 
It might be the beauty of the environment, the beauty of an artwork, the beauty of a deep experience of friendship. If these things move us in love, it gives us a glimpse of God. Recently, I was in the Pilbara in Western Australia and we travelled into the Hammersley Ranges and to the magnificent gorges in Karajini National Park. The gorges are literally cracks in the ground that have opened up and the surface rocks are 2,500 million years old. The enormity of that length of time is almost impossible to understand. I stood out in the bushland by myself for a while to experience the silence, the space and the age of the land so deeply imbued with spiritual significance. Back on the coastland, I visited the Burrup Peninsula and the rock art of the original custodians that dates back to between 40,000 to 7,000 years. Again, the time aspect was difficult to comprehend. The rock art that is easily accessible speaks of the spiritual response of the Aboriginal people to the power of creation through the great spirit of life. The signage asks people not to take photographs of any image that's human, as that is disrespectful to their spirit. It also states that the original people would have announced themselves before they entered the site. In my mind, it is like entering a sacred space in my Catholic tradition and genuflecting and making the sign of the cross. The hillsides are literally large rocks that look like they've been thrust from the earth, but in fact they've been broken down over millions of years. The Aboriginal people used the flat surfaces of these unique outcrops to record their spiritual responses. Our minds alone cannot see God revealed. We have to engage our imagination, all of our senses and emotions, so that the presence of God is encountered. Sometimes it's through special interactions with people whose need we can fulfil that we meet the face of Christ. Sometimes it's in our most frail moments when we are most vulnerable. The way we are cared for in those moments reveals the face of God to us, through the compassion of others. God is relational, a relationship. Love is relational. The more we enter fully into loving relationships, the more we are transfigured in Christ. God is revealed to us through scripture and the teachings of the church. In the different stages of our lives, we have to open our minds to receive intellectual conversion as well as experiential moments. We must grow in both knowledge and love because the fullness of God is revealed through Jesus, the Christ. We wait in joyful hope for the moment when we will fully understand when we meet God in eternal life. You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac.net.au and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth from the album Into Silence by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.